Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org So practice, you got to do practice. I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Um, so I can feel this softening thing happening in my personal relationships in my everyday life. I'm having a really hard time with the world stage, how to bring, how to not either run away from it or like bring just furious disgust and and I'm not sure how to handle, like, it. what do you suggest with that? Well, what can come from furious disgust, except more furious disgust? And what can come from running away? Just keep running. So neither one is very useful. Now what? Go on Twitter and practice, I guess. <laughs> um, one time, uh, somebody came to Maharaji, you know, Janaka, in, in Indian stories, King Janaka was a, a raja, a king, also a rishi, a saint, a realized being. So he was a, a raja rishi, they call him. He was a, a king that was fully realized being, but he was still a king. So somebody came to Maharaji once and said, Baba, the world is so screwed up. This was 40 years ago, can you imagine? But what's going to happen, you know, you know, I wish there was some king like Janaka who could, you know. Maharaji said, there's a king much greater than Janaka. We don't know, you know. The ones who know seem to know. All we see are the results of everybody's negativity. All the suffering, which is so hard to watch. Yeah. But you know the story in the Ramayana, right? You know the story of Ram. So Ram was an incarnation of God who took form to destroy the negativity in the world. And the negativity in the world was represented by this one demon king named Ravana. So, however, the whole story was essentially written by Brahma, the, the creator. The, the whole uh, the story about the the uh, the release of neg the destroying of the negativity in the world was this whole story the drama was written out by Brahma, so Brahma was looking for somebody to play the role of the demon, so there was this great yogi who had just three lives left before he was fully enlightened, and Brahma came to him and said, "Hey man, you know we need somebody to play the bad guy." And if you agree to do it, 
Ram is going to shoot you in the heart with his arrow and you'll be liberated and just it'll be just one birth it won't be he said fantastic I'll do it so Ravana was actually a great yogi who agreed to play the part of the bad guy so that all that negativity can be uh, destroyed in one shot so to speak so we don't know who anybody is we don't know what's going on. We have Western cultures a few hundred years old. Modern science is, is, is a couple of hundred years old, maybe at the most. And we think we know everything about everything. We don't even know who we are. How are we going to know who anybody else is? So the best idea is to become the best human being that you can. And everywhere you go and everything you do, should be from the best place you can do it from. What else can you do? And the less you react, the less you allow the world... You know, someone once asked the Dalai Lama, Your Holiness, are you happy? And he said, well, I guess you could say I had a really hard life. I had to take the reins of my country at a very early age. And then I had to watch the Chinese invade and take my country and kill millions and millions of my people. And then I had to escape, and now I live as a guest in someone else's country. But I'm happy. He said, the Chinese took everything from me. Am I going to let them take my happiness? And that's the real bottom line. Do we allow ourselves to suffer because of external events? Or we, do we find a way to keep our hearts open, really, really, really open and caring, and not let it destroy us? If we let it destroy us, then what, what are we going to do? Then we're destroyed. Who can we help? We can't help ourselves. How do, you, how do you keep your heart open and still not be destroyed by all that? You're still here. It hurts, but it hasn't destroyed you yet. That's good. Keep doing what you're doing. It's not that you don't feel the pain. You do feel the pain. In fact, somebody like Maharaji or these great saints, they feel all the pain in the whole universe all the time because they have become everyone and everything in the universe. It's not like they're, you know, like, I'm happy, I'm happy all the time. This is so great, you know. It's not like that. They. They have ultimate compassion because they feel the pain all the time, but it doesn't... When the deeper you go, when you, your true nature is okay. So that's where, you have to, that's where we have to go. And we're on the road to that, so we can't expect it to be okay. You can't make it okay up here. You have to, it has to, you have to recognize the okayness through, through the Dharma. Through, through these, these kinds of uh, spiritual ideas and practice. And uh, if you don't, you don't. You can kind of fool yourself, but hey, it comes out. You know, your relationships suck. Your kids hate you. The car doesn't work. The bank takes the house back. All these things happen. If we let them destroy us, then, then we haven't done anything for ourselves or for others. Then we don't know the truth about things. It's not that it doesn't hurt, it hurts. It hurts more. Maharaji said, 
A saint's heart is like butter, but not like butter. Butter melts when it's put on the heat, but a saint's heart melts when somebody else's heart is put on the heat. But it doesn't destroy them. It motivates them to do compassionate actions. So don't expect it all to be okay right now, even though it is. But that's in here. That's here. It has to be okay here. But the, the real underlying program that's going on is our own personal unhappiness is projected onto the world. That's, what, that's the real situation. And so we take the world's suffering as our own suffering, but it's really our own suffering, our own unhappiness that we're projecting. Buddha looks out at the world. It doesn't destroy his peace, but he sees everything. Maharaji looks out at the world. It doesn't destroy his peace, but he sees everything. We see one little thing and we want to go hide. So, and that's because of our own issues that we're projecting on the outside world. You know? It's not that it's not happening. I'm not saying it's not happening. It's happening, really. And it's pretty weird and very painful. But if, if it's destroying us, if it's, if it's crippling us, then that's because what we're seeing out there is really our own projection, our own unhappiness. Because when we don't have unhappiness, we don't see it out there. And the Dalai Lama is not destroyed by having to run away from his country, by having the Chinese completely, the Chinese government, not the Chinese people, being on his case all the time, etc., etc., etc. So that's the deal. You, on one hand, you say, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's selfishness, not, not letting, not feeling that, you know. Well, not, that's, that's the backwards way of looking at it. Self-caring is different than selfishness. Why would you let yourself be destroyed? What, what reason could we have for that? Well, we do. We have a lot of reasons. I know my parents. I know what I went through as a kid. I know what they went through. So it's very hard to blame them for just transmitting their own pain to me. They couldn't help it. So I know I have some clue about this, the, the programs that are running, and I have some clue about why I see them out there all the time. They're not out there, but it's my projection of my stuff. And the more, you, more practice you do, the more you dedicate yourself to learning how to take care of yourself in a good way, the more sense this will make to us. There's a period where it seems like, you know, sitting down cross-legged for, for 19 minutes a day is selfishness. You know, I, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not protesting. I'm not, you know, demonstrating. I'm not helping people. Well, you know, that's not exactly the case. Sitting down and quieting, quieting your mind makes you more open to being able to help other people and be with other people as, as they are, not as you need them to be. 
Thank you. Um, I had an experience during the chanting today, which I sort of hesitated about whether to share or not. But I, a week ago, just exactly a week ago, uh, a friend of mine, a 90-year-old man that I was very good friends with, lived, he lived in New York City, and I would see him at least once a week. And um, he died a week ago. And um, during the chanting, I, I thought of him, and then I thought of other close friends that have died over the years, as well as my, my mate and partner of 20 years who died, but that was eight years ago. So I was thinking of all these different people and you know, feeling like the sadness of the loss, but then I felt like, a, um, I guess like a heart opening, and I felt uh, grateful that I had had all of this love in my life and so tears were coming out, but it wasn't like, it was more like gratitude than, mm -hmm. than sadness. And then I, I went from there to close friends that are in my life and daughters and grandchildren, you know, people love in my life now, and I felt gratitude for that. So it, I wasn't... I, I actually had gone away from the chanting because I was having all this experience, but it almost felt like the chanting was like, like a heart opening where I, instead of focusing on the loss, yeah. I, I, was, I was feeling the gratitude, you know, of That's good. having this. That's a natural result of, of being here, of being open. Yeah. Really lovely. And there's no, that's a natural feeling. That's a good, very good. And it, when something like that happens, you don't push it away. Like you don't say, oh, I, that's just this feeling. When those kind of beautiful, open feelings come, it's not, they're coming as the fruit of the effort you've made to uh, coming as a fruit of the efforts that we make in our lives to be good people. They're not something to push away, nor do you want to get lost in them forever, but they don't last forever anyway, so no. you enjoy it while it comes, right. and you keep chanting. You keep chanting, and you enjoy, and you keep chanting, and enjoy. And just like if your knee's hurting, you, you don't enjoy, but you keep chanting. You don't enjoy, but you keep chanting. And then eventually you might forget about your knee for 10 minutes. And then you go, well, what happened? It's still my knee. It still hurts. Where have I been? You've been chanting. The knee might still be hurting, but it's not grabbing you the same way. And you didn't have to push it away. You, it just released naturally. And then when these beautiful experiences come, those are wonderful. You don't try to kill them and come back to the chanting. You, you allow to be what is, but you stay with the chanting as much as you can while these things come through, while they move through. I realized that um, over the past year, I've been focused on trying to be more into gratitude rather than fetching 
Fetching is a path in itself. Yeah. So I, I was always good at that. So yeah. I tried to, you know, even make gratitude lists. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine had suggested that, and mm -hmm. and That's I it. think that maybe this was a, you know, like a result of yeah. that effort over the past year or two. Um, there's never going to be a time where thoughts are not arising, probably, for most of us. Um, so, what we tried to do when we talk about compassion and kindness and caring for other people is substitute those thoughts of kindness and openness for the thoughts of self-destruction and self-hatred and judging ourselves and all those other thoughts that, that are so common for most of us. We're trying to create a positive flow of thought. There's always going to be some thought flow. But for most of us, and many of us, it's usually uh, very limiting, to say the least. So when we start thinking about other people, then we're not obsessing about ourselves and we're not creating more negative thoughts about ourselves. It's very interesting. It doesn't mean you, like, you go and start grabbing people and say, oh, what can I do for you? You know, like everybody in the street. You can see the guy in the street. You can, you don't, if you don't give him 10, 10 cents, you at least don't have to kick him as you walk by. So that's a good thing. You just start to feel more naturally less uh, obsessed with your own feelings and, and like I'm, how I feel is the most important thing in the world. Because for most of us, that's the way we go through our day. And we, kinda, we kind of uh, we, we map out our paths to have minimum pain and maximum pleasant feelings. It just doesn't work. You have to be with it all the time, with anything that arises. And that's the idea. When you chant, you simply release it and come back. You don't push it away. That's, you don't judge it. It doesn't matter what the thought was. It doesn't matter what the thought was. It could have been a, a horrible, negative, aggressive, terrible, angry, vicious thought. You just let it go. You just keep coming back. Just keep coming back, just keep coming back, just keep coming back. And then eventually we just wind up living here where we are. But this idea about gratitude and lists like that, anything that generates positive, you know, as a depressed person, talking about positive thoughts kind of just makes me sick inside. You know? <laughs> I have to admit it, you know. I can't barely stand myself talking about that shit. Unfortunately, it's true. I can't get away from that either. We need, we're going to be thinking something all the time. If we're just constantly obsessing about ourselves and how miserable we are, which is what people like me do, um, then what's going to happen, right? So you try to cultivate some thinking about other people and about the situations in the world and, and 
radiating a kind of loving kindness outwardly to that. And then you can't be, you know, thinking about killing yourself when you're doing that. As soon as you finish, you can come back to killing yourself. It's okay. But at least you spent some time away from that. And then when you come back to killing yourself, you know, then you don't take it so seriously, maybe. All right. Just, but, um, right. I mean, yeah. Um, mine's real quick. Um, as yoga teachers, or really anyone in general, it's easy to get burnt out. Say what? It's easy to get burnt out, just kind of yeah. protecting your energy. You've been doing this for quite a while. From, who, maybe. Who, from whom are you protecting your energy? Is there uh, somebody out there that... that what? Oh. No, I was just asking, if you get burnt out just showing up and doing this I, yeah. time and time again, and Why would I get burnt do... out? Okay, that was the question I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here I am. Wait. Really? You don't really just... No? What burns me out is tra traveling, moving around. Yeah. But being with people doesn't burn me out. Yeah. It might make me physically tired, but yeah. it doesn't... Because... I get to talk about Maharaji. I get to, to be with people who are interested in hearing about this nonsense. And uh, well, how would that burn me out? You know, I get burnt out watching television for 40 hours, but this doesn't burn me out. Yeah. You know, about, what do you call it? Um, what do you call it when you watch the same show for? Binge. Binging, yeah. Binging burns me out, but it doesn't stop me. <laughs> And I watch the darkest Nordic noir serial killer murder mysteries you could possibly imagine. I love it. <laughs> me too. It totally fucks me up, but I can't stop. So when I'm doing this, this is great. Are you kidding me? Keeping me away from the television, keeping me away from people who kill in different languages. It's amazing. I don't have to read subtitles. Jesus, this is wonderful. Awesome. So, the burned out thing, if I was trying to do something for you, or to you, oh boy, I would have yeah. been burnt out a long time ago. Mm. But I'm not. I have no agenda for you, for anybody here. I'm happy to be here. Chanting is the best thing I could possibly do for myself, and I get to do it. You know? So, it's amazing. Mm. And then to sit around and share stories and... and, and, and and, you know, my favorite thing to do with when Maharaji was in the body, besides staring at him, was to stand just behind him on the side and watch people as they looked at him, right? You know, somebody would come, some some crazy drug drug and hippie would come and come and sit there, you know, and he'd be like And you see this miserable guy just the shit just falling off him and his heart opening and all of a sudden he's like feeling loved. It was the most beautiful thing in the world. And that's what this is for me. We're all 
bring all our shit here. We bring our lives and all our history. And then we're here in this place together. And it just, a lot of it falls off and we just kind of blossom. And that's, that's, it's the same thing as me standing behind him watching people look at him, because that's what I see. So how could I possibly get burnt out? I could find a way, I suppose, but <laughs> I'm not looking to get burned out. Good. And I'm not, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm not trying to make that happen for you. I'm simply being here with you and with us and doing what I do. Uh, if you feel good, good. If you feel bad, good. I, there's nothing I can do about it. I just do what I do. I'm not trying to make anything happen for you. I'm simply being with him. But I still get plenty of time to binge and get burnt out on my own time. <laughs> Hi. So, question for you. Um, the, the first time I uh, heard you perform was the first, and fortunately the last time I saw uh, Dada Vaswani speak oh. in New York. And just really curious how you came to know him, and perhaps if you can share a story or two. Oh boy, he's so beautiful. You know, he died last year. He died just at, he was just 100, I think. He was just about to be 100. Um, I was in Chicago, and uh, Jeremy Frindell, the one who made the movie about me, was there. I think he was still making the movie. So he told me that Dada Vaswani was at some of his devotees' house just somewhere in Chicago. And I'd heard about him for a long time, but I never met him. So... We, he, Jeremy arranged that we should go over there and visit with him. And so we're sitting there, and he just comes out, and this was like the sun coming up behind the clouds. It was so beautiful. I mean, oh, oh. So I sang for him. I sang Hanuman Chalisa, and he just sat there the whole time, really, with his eyes closed like this. And then one of the Indian people there said, Oh, Dada, when Krishna sings, it makes me want to sing and dance. So Dada just kind of opened his eyes and looked at him and said, When Krishna Das sings, it brings my mind to peace. I just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Killed me dead, right? He was so beautiful. And so then he started, his people would start asking me to come and do sing when I was just so happy to do it. Last time I saw him, was it Carnegie? Uh, Town Hall. Yeah. Town yeah. Hall. And he would always give his talk, and then he would s sit just off stage and while we sang. And then, so the evening was over, and almost everybody left, and I went over to see him with a bunch of people. Some of the band came over, and his Indian devotees were there. And um, so... We're just sitting there, I'm sitting on the floor looking up at him and he's in his wheelchair kind of looking at me and smiling. And so he tells one of the people, go bring some of those books for Krishnadas. And the woman said, but Dada, they're in the back of the hall. I'm in the back, it's okay, just go get. So this woman goes. So for 10 minutes, we just sat there. There were people standing around and I was sitting on the floor. We just sat there kind of, I just like looked at each other. And then somebody said, Dada, you're not talking to Krishnadas. He's just sitting here. You're not saying anything. And he looked over at her. 
He looked back at me and he said, Henry David Thoreau was a very great saint. And he wanted to meet this Englishman. I forget the name of the guy who was also a very great saint. So he traveled from his home by cart, horse cart, and he got to Boston, and then he took a ship to England, and then he took this to that, and he finally got to this guy's house, and they spent an hour together, and not a word was spoken. And then he turned around and went back to America. Then he looked at me and he smiled and he said, Krishnadas and I have said everything there is to say. He was extraordinary. I mean, there was nothing but love in this guy. He was just amazing. And you know, he was so sweet and so kind and loving. And one day, uh, one time in New Jersey, there was one of those big gatherings, and he took some questions and answers at the end. So this Indian woman who lives down in, near Atlanta said, Dada, I live in this community where all the people get exterminators for the bugs and the mice and everything. And uh, if we don't do that, not only do all the bugs and the mice come to our house, but then all the people in the community get very angry because then the bugs and the mice just go back to their place. What should I do? Right? And I thought, kind of a question is that, right? So he was quiet for a minute. And then he says, okay, I'll take the karma of all that. I went, whoa, who would what? Because he never said things like that. I never heard him say anything like, I'll do this or I'll do that. But he just said to that woman, okay, I'll take that karma. You just do what you do. So he had something going on that, you know, he was really, really beautiful being. They're out there, you know, they're out there. And we're here. So they're here, they're around, they're around, you know. And when we're ready, and when it's the right thing for us, they'll show up in our lives. Whether inside or outside, it doesn't matter. You got to get over that. You think that guru is something outside of you. It's not that way. And you don't need to meet a physical body that is a guru. The guru is not limited. We are limited. And they don't care about our limitations. They're not limited by our limitations. They can do what they have to do for us and are doing that already. Or we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be interested in this stuff at all. It's not by our own efforts that we're attracted to this. It's by grace, and grace alone, nothing else. If we had our way, we'd binge 24-7, 365, <laughs> believe me. But because of grace, because we have grace and blessings already, we, are, we only binge 23-7, 362. Okay, see you Thank later. You.
Can I, may I ask? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, that's okay. Thank yeah. you. Um, I have, I have a one and a half year old baby whom I love so much and I have a job that I love so much mm -hmm. and I work with kids who have a lot of trauma uh -huh. and I, I want to know how I can balance taking care of others and taking care of myself. Well, try not to see taking care of others as different than taking care of yourself. You think you have a self that needs certain things that if you're taking care of others, you're not taking care of yourself. That's not the case, but that's what you think. And so you get burned out by being with others. You think you're not with yourself. Just remove that line and you have nothing to think about, nothing to worry about. Just live. Be happy. Take care of others. And then you're taking care of yourself too. Where is the self that you have to take care of it that's not there when you're with others? Where? It's right there, right then. So when you're taking care of others and enjoying that, why is yourself not enjoying that? Is there some self you left home that you have to get back to and feed it? No. It's just you. There's no place that you're not, so, and there's no one that you're not. Don't try to, it's not about how you feel, it's just about, it's about how you don't feel which means when you don't feel uh, that you're avoiding yourself and you don't feel that you're, you know, you're not giving yourself enough time. You're there when you're taking care of others. That should, you should really be with it 100%. And then when you're home, you'll be 100%. Thank you. Maybe. <laughs> you got to work on it. You keep thinking there's some me somewhere that you have, that they have to give certain things to that you don't, that's not somewhere else, but you're just there all the time. And um, it's not like that. Just give yourself 100% whatever you're doing and you won't have those feelings that you're not taking care of yourself. That's a story, a program. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org. K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram. <laughs>